are back. This might be a good time to answer that true or false question at the top of the show. Napalm was invented for the Vietnam War. True or false? The answer? False. In 1942, Harvard University chemist Louis Fischer created napalm, which was a combination of naphthenic acid and palmitic acid, and this jellied gasoline was put to use in World War II. On March 9, 1945, General Curtis LeMay ordered U.S. bombers to drop nearly 2,000 tons of napalm on Tokyo. This killed at least 83,000 people, injured more than 40,000, and left up to 1 million people homeless. It burned down about a fourth of the city. America also used napalm in the Korean War. Anyway, we hope you caught uh, author Chalmers Johnson, formerly of the CIA, on France's show earlier this week. That's a man with quite a few things to say. For our part, we're considering bringing back Chris Mooney, who spoke to us about uh, the Republican War on Science. He's got a new book out called Storm World, Hurricanes, Politics, and the Battle Over Global Warming. This in the wake of Surgeon General Richard Carmona telling the press that White House ideologues demanded during his tenure that he espouse ideas, quote, driven by theology, unquote. The right wing, of course, is putting out the idea that the, that the Surgeon General is a political appointee and he serves at the president's pleasure. Personally, we agree with Cynthia Tucker, who wrote in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that the Surgeon General is the nation's top doctor. He's charged with protecting its collective health. He should not be just another salesman for the faith-based agenda. Of course, uh, you know, these right-wing folks, the ones that are asking, you know, is, is a politician's infidelity fair game? Asking that about uh, Senator David Vitter. Of course, these same folks had no trouble going after Bill Clinton over the Monica Lewinsky affair. We would note some happier news where politics meets uh, medicine, that sales of the Plan B morning-after contraception have doubled since the federal government approved its sale without a prescription. Manufacturer Bar Pharmaceuticals expects Plan B sales to hit $80 million this year, with more than 1 million doses of the drug being used. That should prevent quite a few unwanted pregnancies. You know, we want to talk about uh, a little bit about the fact that the U.S. says, well, it might just invade Pakistan. That was from an article by Tom Lasseter, writing for the McClatchy newspapers. This is after the White House Press Secretary Tony Snow said that... Uh, now, there's no doubt that more aggressive steps need to be taken against al-Qaeda sanctuaries inside Pakistan. And yes, Osama bin Laden, remember him? And his surviving leadership are believed to be hiding in the remote mountainous region of North Waziristan in the semi-autonomous federally administrated tribal areas. Now it's noted that uh, Pervez Musharraf, the president of Pakistan, signed a ceasefire with tribal leaders last year that is described as inadvertently permitting al-Qaeda operatives and Taliban remnants from Afghanistan to establish a safe haven. To that we have to say, inadvertently? We're pretty sure that was advertently. Since if you know your geography at all, and let's face it, most Americans don't, those tribal areas in Pakistan have never been under the control of the central authorities in the capital. And a related story by Warren Strobel and Jonathan Landay, also writing for in the McClatchy Washington Bureau, has noted that the Al-Qaeda terrorist network has rebounded and is at its greatest strength since it was expelled from Afghanistan after the September 11th attacks. So let's see, we might attack Pakistan. Uh, in the Pakistan-Afghan region, Al-Qaeda's back, uh, n not to mention the Taliban. 
But uh, at least uh, at least the opium crop is back, breaking all records apparently. Well, I don't know. What, it's hard to find some good news in the Middle East. Uh, well, I guess there's always Iraq. Let's again go to the McClatchy newspapers, in this case, Layla Fidel's article about how, uh, well, it appears that uh, the Al-Qaeda official that all the government was pointing to um, over in Iraq was an actor. In an article datelighted Baghdad, it was noted that Abu Omar al-Baghdadi is a household name. On at least three occasions, the Iraqi government has claimed it killed the elusive leader known only by his name and voice. It was noted that al-Baghdadi had spoken to the world for nine months in defiant internet statements denouncing U.S. troops and the government of Iraq. Now, says Brigadier General Kevin Bergner, it was all a scam. Apparently an actor was hired to do these voiceovers. Uh, he used an invented character. He evidently was created to, uh, to put an Iraqi face on what is a foreign-led group operating in Iraq. We're going to look into this a little bit further because this is a very strange story. We'll take a few minutes here to quote from Asimov's Chronology of the World, The History of the World from the Big Bang to Modern Times by Isaac Asimov, a classic which you should have in your home library if you lack it. Asimov noted that after the death of the Prophet Muhammad, Islam was led by caliphs, which means successor in Arabic. Under the first and second caliphs, Abu Bakr and Omar, Islam spread like wildfire out of Arabia and across into Egypt and Persia. Noted Asimov, Othman, the third caliph, ruled from 644 to 656. He established the official version of the Quran, but was killed during a rebellion and was succeeded by Ali, who reigned from 656 to 661. Ali was Muhammad's son-in-law. His succession was disputed, and it quickly developed that Muslims, just like Christians, fought each other relentlessly over power and over doctrinal issues with the same result. It weakened all concerned. In 661, Ali was killed in the course of the quarreling, and Muawiyah became caliph. He was the second cousin of Muhammad, and among his ancestors was one named Umayyah. Muawiyah and his family are therefore called the Umayyads, or Umayyads, and the government they headed is the Umayyad Caliphate. Ali's death split the Muslim world in two, and the split has never been healed. Those who accepted Muawiyah and all who followed him are the Sunnites, from an Arabic word meaning the orthodox way. Those who clung to Ali and considered everyone since to have been usurpers are the Shiites, from an Arabic word meaning sect. Noted Asimov, Muawiyah moved the seat of government out of Arabia and established it in Damascus in Syria. It was more centrally located there and nearer the centers of civilization. Anyway, that's the short version of what happened. In some future program, we're going to try and delve into a little more detail because it is a fascinating story, one which is still resonating in Iraq and Iran today. And in another story we promise we're going to follow up on, uh, apparently the Army Corps of Engineers is insisting that virtually all vegetation be removed from California's levees. This despite a study done here at UC Davis using the largest hydraulic research flume west of the Mississippi, which bolsters years of scientific findings, and we might add common sense, which shows that trees and shrubs may actually improve flood safety. This one is mind-boggling. We're, we're going to follow up on this in the weeks to come. 
And uh, in the ongoing saga about the uh, Laotian coup, which uh, involves uh, some local personnel, we loved the headline in the metro section of the B uh, a couple weeks back. This may be the headline of the month. Feds reject ineptitude defense. Denny Walsh writing in the B noted, whether the alleged plot by Hmong leaders in the U.S. to violently overthrow communist Laos would have succeeded is irrelevant to the charges against them, federal prosecutors contend. The prosecutors had argued the issue wasn't whether the coup attempt would have been a success. The issue is whether the defendants agreed to a course of conduct which would have killed and injured untold numbers of people. They said the answer to that question is yes, and evidently the court uh, agreed. All right, and final item of the day, and Mr. McMillan, could you provide some appropriate music? Yes, debuting tomorrow night across the country is The Simpsons Movie, a big screen adaptation of America's favorite dysfunctional family. We, we talked about The Simpsons on the show in the past. I confess that I was not a fan for the first few years of the series, but uh, I have been won over. The voice actors are spectacular and the writing is first class. I don't know if you caught one of Sunday's episodes where Bart Simpson is seeing a school psychologist. He says things like, Yeah, I had a dream where my, my whole family were cartoon characters and that their success led to this weird propaganda network. Writing in the B, Rick Cushman, the BTV columnist, noted that in 2003, the BBC conducted an online poll asking Britons to name history's greatest American. In third place was Martin Luther King Jr. In second place was Abraham Lincoln. Taking top honors, Homer Simpson. Prompting Rick Cushman to ask, well, sure, why not? Did Lincoln anchor the longest-running comedy in TV history, lasting 18 seasons and counting? Was he a part of 23 Emmys, a Peabody Award, and an estimated $2.5 billion in earnings? Okay, there was that national leadership thing and the, the Gettysburg Address. But did Lincoln ever skewer scores of movies, dozens of TV shows, and nearly every sacred ideal embedded in our culture? And the answer is, of course not. Anyway, we're just about out of time, but we hope to see this movie tomorrow night and report uh, back to you next week uh, on it. Hopefully, uh, we'll be joined by Rick Cushman. We're also going to try and get Phil Proctor of the Fire Sign Theater, who earns his living uh, doing voice acting, as well as uh, Corey Burton, who uh, memorably spoke to us last year about uh, his work in numerous animated features. That about does it. Our thanks go to Alan Hirschfeld for talking to us about his compelling book, Parallax, The Race to Measure the Cosmos. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. Radio Parallax.